Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Grab your neighbor by the arm, tell him you look good in church, and you can be seated. Some of y'all just lied in church. Let's do this. Let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. Lord, we can do nothing without you, but with you we can do all things. More than we need anything else, we need your presence in our lives. So right now, Father, collectively and individually, we give you control, we give you the reins, we give you the opportunity. And this is my prayer today, Lord, that you would touch the hurting hearts in the room, that those who came in discouraged your Bible says, Lord, that you will be our confidence. I pray, Lord, for the discouraged today that you would be their confidence. I pray, Lord, that anyone sick in their body would recover in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that any person who is bound by an addiction, drugs, alcohol, or any other form, I pray right now, Father, that you would break it off of their life. I pray that you would break it now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would so move on the inside of each one of us that we would never be the same. It was 2,000 years ago, just keep your eyes closed, please. It was 2,000 years ago, give or take, that the Son of God and the Son of Man, whose name is Jesus, walked the earth, lived a sinless, faultless life for you and me. And if he was standing here in the flesh, he would come to you and tell you how much he cares for you and how much he loves you. He would show you the scars in his hands. He would show you the wounds. He would encourage you that though you have fallen short and missed the mark, his sacrifice was because you needed rescuing. And it is his sincere and heartfelt desire and I can say this because I personally know him. It is his sincere and heartfelt desire that you would come to know him and that you would accept the sacrifice that he made so that you could be free. Free from the guilt and the shame of all of your past 
your sins and your shortcomings, free from all of the shame of the poor decisions you've made, free of all of the concerns you have about not being good enough, He came and paid the ultimate price so that you and me could be free. So if you are here today, I'm going to preach in just a minute, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a very, very good preacher. (laughs) Thank you, bro. But if you're here, before I get into any kind of a sermon, I know the presence of the Lord, and He wants you to know that He loves you very, very much. When, when the Bible tries to describe how much He loves you, the only way that could even be remotely accurate in the English language is He so loves you. So today, before we take a step further, with every head bowed and every eye closed, please, If you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. I had every obstacle imaginable just to get to church today. 700 stoplights. I had to go around this. I had to go around that. I I have 500 other things. But something told me to come to church today. That's the spirit of the living God. He has directed you and guided you here for this moment. So that you would have your sins washed away so that you could become a new creature in Christ everything you've ever done will wash away will pass away I'll never forget it's happened to me several times that feeling of just being cleansed when you know that he's washed your sins away there is a freedom to hear there's a freedom to worship and there is a freedom to receive but when you think you're on the outside and you think everybody else is in some special club, you feel like you are ostracized, and that is the enemy trying to keep you separate. It is not God. Jesus, if he walked in this room right now, would throw his arms around you, encourage you, build you up, until you never quit. So if that's you today, and you say, you know what? I've never given my heart to Jesus, or you say it differently. You say, I used to walk strong with God, but I'm backslidden. I'm like the prodigal son. I might still be a Christian, but I have not been a very good friend to our God. If that's you, I want to give you the opportunity, before we go any further, to recommit your life or to commit your life for the first time to Him. Nobody's looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. When I count to three, if you want to be included in that prayer and you just want to say, Lord, for real, I need you. If that's you and I count to three, just lift your hand. And with an uplifted hand, you're saying, oh, God, remember me. And he really, really will. Hands are already going up. One, hands are going up like crazy. One, two, three, lift your hands. Lift them high and hold them up, please. I see that hand, 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 I see that hand. Is there anyone else? We're going to pray in just a moment.
Okay, so if you lifted your hand or you wanted to, we're going to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray it just like you were talking to your best friend because that's all Jesus really becomes to us. On top of everything else, he's our best friend. Let's all lift our hands to heaven in the sign of surrender. Anywhere on the planet, if you lift your hands, it means I surrender. Pray this after me. Church, help us pray. Say, oh God, I call on you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I believe Jesus lived, died, and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now, on my way to heaven. I'm clean, unashamed, and I thank God for the life He has for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a big hand of praise. That was a lot of you, and I'm proud of you. Christians do three things. Number one, Christians pray. If you don't know how to pray, you talk to God like you're talking to your best friend, because that's what he wants to be. Number two, Christians read their Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, let us give you one. Stop by the tent after service. We'd be happy to give you a copy. Uh, But I also recommend get on your phone, uh, because that way you can read it anywhere you are. If you say, man, that's, that's cool, I, I have a Bible, but I don't know where to start, start with the book of John. Read the book of John. It's a beautiful picture of who Jesus is. If you've already read the book of John, just keep right on going into the book of Acts. Number three, Christians go to church. If you got saved today, or if you recommitted your life to God here, and you live within 100 miles of right here, Welcome to New Heights Church. Welcome home in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise. I've only got like a three-hour sermon, so we're not going to be here that much longer. 1 Kings chapter number 18. 1 Kings chapter number 18. The Bible says, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get up, eat and drink. For there is a sound, somebody say sound, there is a sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound of abundance of rain. He said, get up, get something to eat, get yourself down, because there is a sound of abundance of rain. Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, cast himself down on the earth, and put his face between his knees. He put his head down, he got on the ground, put his head down between his knees, his knees were covering his ears. So what he heard was the sound of abundance of rain, and then he immediately went to the top of the mountain and covered his ears so he wouldn't hear anything else. When God speaks to you, when God says something to you, when God gives you an encounter, you don't need to hear anything else in your life. When you hear God is moving in your life, you find out, you find a way to block everything else out. Because there is a sound, somebody say sound. There, y'all sound so good. College Station, Texas. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Abundance has a sound to it. Abundance has a resonation to it. It has a a, a resonance to it. You and me, let, let me give you an example. My wife and I, we have three kids. Our oldest is Haley. She's 11. 
Our eight-year-old is Walker Lee. I call him Tex because of the whole Walker, Texas Ranger thing. And then my, my daughter, Trinity Bell, is five. And ever since they have been born, my wife and I, we could be uh, watching TV late at night, uh, laying in bed, and all of a sudden she would just get out of the bed and go check on one of the kids. And, and I said, where, where did, where, what, did I miss something? And she would say, well, didn't you hear him cough? And I'm like, no, I didn't hear anything. I was watching Walker, Texas Ranger, glory to God. And she said, you didn't hear him? I said, I didn't hear him. She said, she said, and then the next time she gets up and she goes, well, Trinity started breathing differently. What? We are two rooms away. There's a hallway. She goes, you can't hear him? I said, no, I can't hear anything. Glory adios. I don't want to hear too much. She says, she says, you don't hear him? I said, no. She says, I hear him. Well, see, see the thing is, her ear, and all you moms are going to get this, is tuned to the sound of her babies. There is a resonance. There is a, it can be a crowd of a hundred, a thousand, or a million. And when they could all be saying mama at the same time. And that little mama that only resounds in Crystal's ears, she can pick it out of the crowd because there is a sound that you can recognize. Let me tell you it differently. The Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The man of God, Elijah, was standing there, and all of a sudden he comes out of a pretty cool encounter, which had just happened, and all of a sudden he says, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Nobody else heard it, nobody else recognized it, but those who had ears to hear heard it, and I'm here to tell you today, in your family, in your business, in your health, in your finances, in your relationship, there is a sound of abundance of rain that has come to your house. That means something is shifting. You say, well, I don't see anything in the natural. I don't recognize anything. Let me tell you something. With God, when you hear something, almost without exception, you will not see something. With God, almost without exception, you will hear something spiritually and you will not see something naturally because the only way that you and I have to please God is by faith and faith is believing what we cannot see more than we believe what we can see. He says there is a sound of abundance of rain. You and me, uh, I don't want to go into this too deep, too long because we could go all day, but the world is travailing. You watch the news. Uh, uh, we, we, we have to pray for, for everybody everywhere. And every day there's a new hashtag because of a different attack and an event and something. The entire earth is just travailing right now. The tectonic plates spiritually are shifting and moving on, on such a constant basis. And literally the front pages of our, of our Bible are reading like, uh, of the newspaper, they're reading like the back pages of our Bible. Everything is shifting very quickly. But there is a sound. And if you don't get caught up in the mess, there is a sound of abundance of rain. The Bible says that Ahab uh, goes down and he begins to eat after Elijah tells him to do so. And when he gets down there, uh, 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 when he heads out, Elijah goes up to the mountain to pray. And he said to his servant, this is Elijah, he said, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Seven times. In other words, when you look and you don't see what you have heard, 
look again. Bump your neighbor and say, look again. When you have heard a promise from God, and you say, well, 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 how do I know the promise of God is for me? If it's good news and it's in the Bible, it is for you. The Bible says he is no respecter of persons. If he'll do it for one, he'll do it for another. There is no difference between you and Abraham. There's no difference between you and Moses. He loves you just the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you decide to serve God, now all of a sudden every promise that's in our book becomes yes and amen for you. Everything begins to shift. All from a sound. The servant, the Bible says, he says, I want you to go look and I want you to go see if you can see something. Go tell me if you can find some rain. And when he goes and, find, when he goes and looks, the Bible says he doesn't see anything. And he comes back and he, he, you would think it would discourage the man of God. You would think it would discourage the prophet. He comes and he tells him, he goes, hey, I looked but I didn't see anything. And the prophet, I, I can almost hear what he's thinking. Yeah, well, I'm not looking with those eyes, so go look again. He comes back and he sends him back. He said, go look. He said, I want you to look seven times because almost without exception, when you decide to believe God, you're going to have the chance to believe God. Amen. And believing God means you're going to have to believe what you can't see more than what you do see. He said, go look again. He goes, and the Bible says that he gets out there, and he looks, and, 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 he, and he gets there that seventh time, and he sees something from the distance, and he's like, well, I'm so sick of telling him I didn't see anything. I'll at least tell him I saw that. And he comes back to the man of God, and he says, did you see anything? It's the seventh time. He comes back to the man of God, and he says to him, he says, did you see anything? And he says, yeah. He said, in the great big old sky, in the great big expanse of the universe as far in this direction as I could look and as far in this direction as I could look in the fullness of the horizon the great big sky that our God built I see a little bitty cloud <laughs> the size of a man's hand just a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Elijah being tuned in to a different network because the reality is if you don't like the music you're listening to, you need to change the station. Was not listening or looking with the eyes and the ears that everybody else was listening and looking with. He was listening and looking with eyes and ears that were tuned in to the all things are possible network. And he said, Ahab, you better get out of here because here comes the rain. Now, now what's crazy is right before this happened, there was like this showdown between God's people and, and, and the devil's people. And there was this, there was this false God named, named Baal and, and they were uh, uh, constantly arguing different bunch of different gods but anyway they were arguing about whose god was better and elijah just said well i tell you what how about we build two altars call down fire from heaven and whoever god shows up that's the real god and they said fine we'll do it so all the other guys they built their altar and they danced around and they did all kind of harmful stuff to themselves so much so that they they went for hours begging their fake god to bring fire from heaven when elijah finally said maybe you guys should yell louder maybe your fake god is asleep 
Maybe he stepped out for a bit. They get done and Elijah takes a bunch of water and pours it all over the altar that was built for our God. And he says, Lord, would you please burn this altar to the ground? And the Bible says that fire came from heaven and lapped up all the water and lit everything on fire, burned up all the other things. Then the Bible says Elijah literally got in a fight with the other prophets and it was just this totally crazy scene of extra, extraordinary power. And you would think that's how God shows up. But Elijah responded to a cloud the size of a man's hand the same way he responded to fire from heaven. You cannot dictate everything that you encounter, but you can control how you react. You cannot control what you will encounter, but you can control how you react. And when you control how you react, oftentimes we control the results. Somebody comes to you in anger and you respond in anger, almost guaranteed the thing's going to escalate. Somebody comes to you in anger and you decide to be peace, all of a sudden you're starting, your reaction is beginning to give some influence into the situation. So how we react is very important. We should always react and respond in faith. The Bible says that God had whispered into Elijah's ear, here comes abundance of rain. And Elijah said, I don't need to hear anything else. Until rain shows up, I know what to believe God for. Until rain shows up, I know where to keep my faith. Until rain shows up, I know where to keep my mind. Until rain shows up. Some of you have a prodigal son or daughter, and you know that the Bible says you and your whole house will be saved. So let me tell you what you need to do. You need to put your head between your knees and quit listening to anything or anybody else. And you just start saying, I know that the God who prepared a way for me is prepared a way for him. I know that the God who made a way for her is prepared a way for me. I know God's going to do it. I don't need to hear anything else. If your opinion doesn't line up with God's word I don't care about your opinion if what you're saying about my kids doesn't line up with the Bible I don't want to hear what you have to say about my kids he said are you living with your head in the sand I'm living with my head in the book I want God's word to manifest in my life If he said there's abundance of rain, I don't care if everybody else leaves, I'm grabbing an umbrella because how you respond determines what you will experience. Elijah, the Bible says, he sits there and the servant comes back and he says, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. I have no idea why I keep going to that voice, but I just love it. I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah, the Bible says, you better tell him to get out of here. And they start running with the chariots and Elijah grabs up his his robe and he starts running and he's out running the horses. He's so convinced what God is about to do that he begins to react as if what God said is actually true. In your family, you might be the first one to go open a savings account and you say, I got nothing to put in it. But you're doing it by faith because there's a sound of abundance of rain.
Nobody else can hear it. Nobody else can see it. Nobody else can experience, is even experiencing it. But you're sitting there saying, but something on the inside is telling me things are going to work out. You know what? I'm just going to respond. If God says abundance is coming to my house, I'm just going to believe God that abundance is coming to my house. I'm not here to survive. If I was just here to survive, Jesus would have said, I came that you may have survival and survival, period. But Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead bodily said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundant. The most, the most selfish thing anybody can ever say, it doesn't sound selfish, but it's the most selfish thing anybody can ever say, is I only want enough for me and mine. Because if that's true, you can't help anybody else. You can't buy a plane ticket for a missionary. You can't buy a meal for a widow. You can't buy a meal for an orphan. Because all you have is enough for you and yours. There's something about living for God when you tap in. You you say, I'm just going to keep my ears tuned to the All Things Are Possible network. And I'm not going to listen to all this other, even if nobody else hears it, I'm just gonna. St- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mess with anybody else. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Because here's the thing: the the sign that Elijah he didn't even see it. His servant saw it. The size of a man's hand, and he immediately said, "That's it. Let's go." It's very different because for whatever reason, we oftentimes react and respond to the little fiery darts as if they're a big deal. So let let me give you an example. You're at work and somebody walks by and doesn't say hi to you and immediately you're like, what's their problem? Did I do something? Did I say something? Is it something I said? I mean, was it at the meeting? Was it not at the meeting? What's going on? And your whole day is just jilted and, 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 t- and tilted off center and you're trying to figure out what's going on you know boss didn't talk to me nobody I, what's going on in my life nothing's going on but a little fiery dart and you're responding to the fiery dart as if it was thunderclouds when the reality is it was just a little dart your wife walks in and, and, and says something to you and you're like what's her problem she doesn't have a problem Buford it's a dart. How are you going to respond? Are you going to use a shield of faith and quench the fiery dart? Are you going to take that little seed, just that little bit of doubt, that little bit of unbelief, a little bit of anger, a little bit of frustration? You're going to take that little seed, take it out in the backyard, plant it in the ground, get you some water, pour it on that seed, get you some miracle growth, then all of a sudden it starts growing. Because here's the thing you know a tree by its fruit before it's over. You've got a fruit tree filled with doubt, unbelief, frustration, anger, and it all started just this little old bitty seed. You, you, you wake up in the middle of the night and cough. You're like, oh my gosh, my lymph nodes, my knee, my earlobe, my hair follicles, my eyeball, my nose, the back of my knee, the front of my knee, my ankle, my second biggest toe. It was a little dart, just a little. You coughed. Dust your house. <laughs> just a little dart. We, we, we respond to little darts like, uh uh-huh. Like all of hell has pointed its missiles at us. And, and the devil's like, let me show you, the devil does not do. The devil does not pick up a doubt and unbelief tree 
and bring it to your house and try to set it down because you would go, get out, get off my property. You get behind me, say, you throw him out. He doesn't do that at all. He walks by with just a little seed, just the tiniest little seed, and he just flicks it because he was listening too when Jesus said, if you have faith just the side of a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to move. He was sitting there going, if I can give them doubt about that big, maybe I can put a mountain on their head. He wants to see, are you sweeping and cleaning? Are you kicking doubt and unbelief out of your house? What is this seed doing? I don't mess with this stuff. This is not for me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, somebody give God a hand of praise. There's something about living for God that changes everything. You get rid of those little seeds, and we respond to the little seed. This is a little dart, just a little tiny dart, barely break the skin, like a little mosquito, just boom, just, just tickling. And you're like, you're like, oh, West Nile. It, it goes from a dart to a boom. But then here's, here's the thing as Christians. As Christians, when we want a sign from God, we want a 3D, IMAX, D-Box movie with our name, social security number, driver's license number, home address, intermission, all of it delivered by Gabriel the angel telling us, thus saith the Lord Brian, this is what's coming your way. And we want all this huge fanfare from a sign from God, but we're responding to the little darts from the devil like they're huge when God's got little clouds everywhere for to pay attention to we're just tuned into the wrong network there's something about living for God when you decide listen when I get a word from God I'm going to begin to look to the hills from which cometh my help I'm not looking back anymore I'm not thinking back anymore I'm not turning back anymore I'm going to keep my eyes fixated on him because everything you look for you will eventually find in other words and here's the key to receiving from God. The key. This is the key to receiving from God. Stop looking for the problem and get really good at looking for the promise. Stop looking for the problem and get really good at looking for the... He didn't tell him, go see if you can find some more places where it didn't rain. He said, go and look where rain comes from because we're going to pick, keep our eyes fixated on Him. Stand to your feet. I'm almost done teaching. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author, somebody say author, and finisher. Say finisher. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right, the right hand of our God. Sits on a throne next to his dad. Here, here's the deal. Many of you said yes to Jesus for the first time, or the first time in a long time today. And I'm so proud of you. I couldn't be more proud of you. Do you remember how it felt? Just a moment ago when you knew that you knew that you knew that if Jesus walked in this room, he would embrace you as one of his own. And all the guilt and the shame was washed away. 
That's the feeling of knowing he is the author of your faith. But what I want you to go into the rest of the week knowing is he's also the finisher. If he said there's rain coming, then rain is coming. If he said something's going to move, then something's going to move. You keep your eyes fixated on who he is. You keep your ear tuned to the right network. And before it's over, the same author that has so strengthened and empowered you. The same author that washed your sins away. The same author that changed your life. The same author that began a good work in you. Let me tell you what he's going to do. He's going to finish that work. It doesn't hang on you. The only thing that hangs on you is how do you respond? Am I going to Monday like it's just another Monday? Or am I boldly walking to Monday saying if the devil knocks on my door, he's going to find out he came to the wrong house? Am I going to Tuesday like if the devil throws a dart at me, I'm going to take it out, break it up, and throw it back at him? I'm not backing up one more minute because I'm keeping my ears, I'm keeping my eyes focused on a network that never changes. I'm keeping my ears and my eyes fixated on the one who I trusted to be the beginning of my life and I will trust him to complete my life. He is the finisher. The great finisher. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.